Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 13th day of December. I uh, got a good show I want to talk with you tonight about. Uh, Kyler Murray tears his ACL. What does that mean for the potential sales of a new coach? I'm, I'm pretty convinced that uh, that the, the, the Cardinals will move on from Cliff Kingsbury, in my opinion. I think that'll happen. But with, with uh, your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, who signed this major contract, will he – uh, will the ownership and management be able to sell that, or will they simply keep Kingsbury for another year? So that's an interesting story. Arizona's pretty much out of it. I don't know if officially, but unofficially, yes, with him being out. They lost that game last night. Going to talk about the NFL Power 5. Also updated that. Good scope, bad scope. Uh, the Lions. Lions get another big win. Talk about their rise and everything else. But first, um, Mike Leach. I mean, Mike Leach, uh, the head coach of the – and I know, don't, don't normally start the show with the college football story, but when a gut punch type of sudden uh, uh, impact like this happens where uh, a sudden death of, of a major – college football coach while he's still coaching i mind you uh suddenly passes away uh gotta talk about it got some of his really good sound bites over the years uh gonna talk about some of the players that have played under him over the years um i'll get to that just want to give you that uh, announcement we'll start off with mike leach but i'll be back in a minute 19 do a quick break here and we'll get this show on the road, folks. Hello, SportsScope followers. After five years of doing this program, once a week, balancing a 60-hour workweek job, I've decided to do the program five days a week, one hour a night, taking a significant pay cut. So I've started a Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash SportsScope, spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there, for $5 a month, 17 cents a day, you can help support the program. You ask yourself, why SportsScope? Well, I bring in such big names uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and, and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than $5 a month, you can go use the cash app. The cash tag is Sports Scope, again, spelled the same way. Or you can go to the Zelle app, sportsscope at gmail.com. Uh, Sportscope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is sportsscope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the program. Okay, now I'm back here live on all links, okay? Uh, so the biggest story right now in the, really the professional and the college football world would be uh, Mike Leach, uh, a Mississippi State coach, 61, has a massive heart attack by uh, one report that I read from a local uh, online paper there. Uh, other other uh, media outlets were uh, hesitant to say that, but they did say he died of heart failure. Uh, Mike Leach, um, so he has this massive heart attack Sunday night, and mind you folks, that he coached uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, he coached on Thanksgiving Day, and they beat Ole Miss, uh, in-state rival there, uh, beat them, and finished with eight and four. So it was not really one of those situations where uh, the guy had been retired for a while, kind of fell out of the limelight and had some ongoing health problems. It was a very sudden, uh, bam, heart attack on Sunday, uh, critical condition Sunday going into Monday, Monday night, he passes. We find out today's Tuesday, uh, Mike Leach is gone. Now I went back and listened to some of his interviews, long uh, wins and losses interview with with, with Clay Travis. Uh, he had two interviews with him, uh, one going back three years 
then I'm gonna play some sound bites from that one uh, back in 2019, just before he left Washington State to take the the uh, Mississippi State job in 2020, which he, he was pretty very uh, pretty successful at, you know. And also, uh, I'll play one that uh, that was made in 2020. It was a funny one he had about the Tiger King. Uh, my thing about Mike Leach, he was one of those people. He uh, didn't care what people thought of him. Uh, kind of mind me a little bit of a, of a Charles Barkley type of guy. He was an innovative, offensive-minded air raid coach, coached at Texas Tech. The, uh, I want to say he's the most winningest coach at, at Texas Tech. And what was really amazing about Mike Leach was he – in 1987, 26 years old, Mike Leach uh, got his law degree. Uh, don't went through, got the bachelor's, got the law degree, finished up the law degree, and uh, ready to go into law. Uh, got the wife at this point. They've got a child on the way, and he has this strong urge to coach college football. Uh, even while he's finishing up uh, his law degree. Now, his dad never really did like lawyers. His dad was okay with his mom, thought it was crazy. You know, you spent all this money and time, and you guys know what I talk about a lot on this program is you cannot second-guess yourself in life and do something because it's good security. Uh, growing up, everybody, uh, your teachers, uh, your peers, your parents, uh, the old adage is, you want to be a doctor or a lawyer. If you're a man, you want to you get you'll attract a good wife. You, you, you want to be a doctor or a lawyer. And a lot of people took that law uh, uh, route. And it's not quite what you see on TV. It's a lot of paperwork, a lot of long hours, and people really don't like it. Okay. Howard Cosell uh, left the legal. Uh, Mike Florio was a lawyer. Clay Travis was a lawyer. Guys, Megan Kelly was a lawyer. Uh, they go into media. Some people go into sports afterward. They don't want to stay a lawyer. They don't want to do it. Uh, the money's just not worth it. And I've told you all this on, on my program. And it makes me so he he so he's thinking about this. And luckily for 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 Mike, that his uh, wife was very supportive of that. So he takes a three thousand dollar a year, not a, a month. When he first telling his wife in this interview, uh, he takes a three thousand a year uh, assistant job at a college football. He says, "I'm just going to get this out of my system. This is what I really want to do. I know I've got this law thing." And the wife was really she had she was administrative assistant. Uh, they had a kid on the way. Plus, he had those school loans come, so he takes out more school loans, and he. Goes gets a graduate degree, so he pockets some of the money and goes back for his graduate degree to learn more about coaching and football and whatnot. Plus, he wants to pocket some of that money, so he takes a job uh, at this really small. It's like Cal, uh, some some small college, Cal something I've never even heard of. Okay, and so he gets his first job is a $3,000 a year job, assistant coaching job. So he had to do substitute classes. Uh, she took side, he took side jobs, but you know what? He was happy. And that's what the theme of my shows is. You know, chase happiness, don't chase money and security. Uh, it, it'll make you, uh, you, you'll work harder if you chase that. I'm happy as I can be right now, folks. You know, because I've been doing this show full time. I just started uh, chasing this dream uh, back in 2017, May of 17. Now we're coming up on six years now of doing this. But so he says in this interview that he did not make more money than his wife for the first 10 years of his career, Mike Leach. He said he did not make more money than his wife the first 10 years of his career. And from 87 to 97, uh, he finally started making just a little bit more money than his wife. And you know when that was? That was in 1997 as an offensive coordinator for Kentucky. 
and it was only $70,000 a year then. And of course, the explosion of college football between 97 and now is like daylight and dark. Right now, he's making, he was making uh, $5.5 million a year at Mississippi State, uh, millions at, at, at Washington State, millions going back to 2009 at Texas Tech. Uh, he had the fallout there. Uh, Craig James's son, controversy saying he uh, put him in an electric, uh, uh, electrical closet because he had a concussion in a room or something of that nature. Uh, he was he got fired from Texas Tech. He sued. So, but my point is, he was just making seventy thousand ten years in his career. And you know what? When you hear him talk about that, he seems really happy. The guy seems really happy. And um, uh, his wife was happy. You can't fake happiness in life, you know. Uh, not to be morbid on here, but I like to be brutally honest with you guys. I was thinking about today at work. I was thinking about when I'm driving by myself, and I, I'm thinking about the death of Mike Leach, and I'm thinking to myself, he's laying there Sunday night on in critical condition. Uh, rushed to the emergency room in Starkville, Mississippi. And I'm wondering if he's thinking to himself, you know, what if I would have stayed in law and 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 just took the safe route and doing what my heart really didn't want me to do? Um, would I be as happy now, uh, now that I'm on my deathbed, if, if I wouldn't have spent the last 35 years doing that? You know, chasing safety now, you know, uh, wonder what I would be thinking. You know, and and I'm sure he's thinking, I live life the way I wanted to live life. You know, I, I live life to the fullest. Uh, uh, I didn't pull back. I helped a lot of people. I helped uh, uh, grow a lot of young men. Uh, very likable. And, and check this out. He's got guys like Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Uh, his coaching tree. And I've got a, 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 a quote from him, and this is a long quote. Uh, you have to bear with me, but it's really good, folks. It's really good on how he cut Lincoln Riley, but he he saw something in the young coach who just got his third Heisman Trophy winner in six years. He saw something in him that uh, that was seemed special, and but he didn't think he was a quarterback. He did not think he was a quarterback. Yeah, so he has uh, his coaching tree. Carlos was. Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator in 99 to a national championship uh, team in Oklahoma under guys like Josh Heupel, Sonny Dye. Okay, current head coaches who played or coached under Mike Leach. Josh Heupel, a coach of the year candidate. Sonny Dykes, a coach of the year candidate of TCU. Um, guys like Neil Brown, uh uh, the, the University of Houston, Dana Holgerson, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Lincoln Riley, I just mentioned him, Kim Wilson from Nevada, another hot commodity name. Uh, you, I mean, just a really good tree. He's a combination to me of a um, Bill Parcells type of tree uh, and the Andy Reid type of tree. Bill Parcells. Andy Reid type of tree. Uh, so listen to this long soundbite here of him talking to Clay Travis about Lincoln Riley and having to cut Lincoln Riley, but wanting to hire him as an assistant at, uh, at uh, I want to say, at, at Texas Tech. Let's check us out. And so then, you know, I explained, you know, but I'd like you to, I got, you know, I've got too many quarterbacks. I can't keep you a quarterback. I'll have to cut you at the end, so I might as well cut you now. But I'd like you to, you know, to to coach and work with us and coach. And obviously, if you don't hold up your end, we'll fire you. To Lincoln Riley, very good coach because of this. This and you know, you communicate well. You picked up the offense really well. You're clearly a very smart guy. And you know, and, and it was the role of being my right hand assistant. In other words. Uh, he was going to work with me as far as the anything I needed as far as film notes, uh, 
uh, coaching quarterbacks, which that blends into the receivers, really the whole offense. Yeah. Which, you know, if you want to run what we do or care anything about um, what I do, it's about the best position you can get. And so um, he's telling this to a college he kid. He wasn't happy about getting cut. And so he, uh, he says, well, I have to talk to some people. And uh, I think he went and talked to his parents and his head high school coach and some folks like that. Not sure who he talked to. And then, so he left and he wasn't pleased. He says, well, uh, you can tell he's pissed. Oh, well, I appreciate it, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to some people. I, I, uh, you know, I might try and try to decide what I'll do. So then he's out of the office. But I'll let you know something tomorrow. And I figured he wouldn't let me know. But sure enough, uh, late afternoon, the next day, he came in and said he was going to do it. He was all in it. And he really did a good job. And it became Luke and Riley. You know, he, he simply became uh, uh, Lincoln Riley there, but uh, just just some notable players also that that that's uh, that's played under him. Uh, Charles Cross, I mentioned him from Seattle, uh, really good draft pick. He he um, he played for him, uh, played for Mike Leach at Mississippi State. Uh, Michael Crabtree, a lot of quick twitch wide receivers from Texas Tech played under Mike Leach. Uh, Michael Crabtree from the 49ers, Wes Welker, the Wes Welker, that went on and played with the Patriots, won a Super Bowl. Uh, also, Danny Amendola, Danny Amendola. Uh, he, he really had that quick tw- – he, he, he really defined what the slot receiver done. He, he goes on and says in this interview, he says, you know, you can put eight guys in a box on me. I'm not going to run. I'm not stupid. We're going to spread you out. We're going to throw the football. Uh, guys like Andre Dillard, offensive tackle for the um, for the Eagles, you know. So, uh, and, and not mention that it, it was more really about his ability to communicate, make you laugh. He's the kind of guy. He's probably and and by the way, uh, they're going to play their bowl game. If you really ask Mike Leach. He's probably going to say, go ahead and play. Yeah, he coached Tim Couch at Kentucky. He sure did. He, he, uh, he's like, Couch didn't really fit what we did, but, hey, he's the best player in the state. We made it work. Tim Couch later became the number one overall pick. Uh, wasn't a huge success in the NFL. But, you know, again, he, he's, he, he's a mix between Andy Reid and Bill Parcells. And the media, the media loved this guy. Uh, there's very politically incorrect. Uh, I'm about to play you some of his best of over the years because he made me laugh. He's the kind of guy make you laugh at a funeral. Man, that was a line out of a song. And uh, over the years, you'll hear him on getting players motivated and uh, talk about players feeling themselves and their girlfriends. He doesn't say it like that. He uses the term little fat girlfriends that was really annoyed to him. And I'm going to play this standby on Mike Leach on getting his players motivated and not listening to their air quote little fat girlfriends. Failed to get through to them. As coaches, we failed uh, to make our coaching points and our points more compelling than their fat little girlfriends. Now, their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. For one thing, their fat little girlfriends are telling them what they want to hear, which is how great you are and yeah. how uh, how easy <laughs> it's going to be and how you know uh, you know we had, we had, you know we had a whole bunch of people. Everybody wanted to win the football game, but nobody wanted to play the football game. Well, I, I mean that defies every level of uh, work ethic that exists with regard to football and. Uh, as coaches, we have to solve our failure on uh, on reaching them, and uh, the players have to listen. And I, I'm willing to go to uh, fairly amazing lengths to try to make that happen. I don't know if I'll be successful this week or not, but but you know I am going to try. And there will be some people inconvenienced, uh, and if it happens to be their fat little girlfriends, too bad. <laughs> if it happens to be their fat little girlfriends, too bad. Uh, more, more great hits from 
uh, uh, the, the, the awfully hilarious. Um, I mean, he had an opinion about anything. You ask him about anything, he's got an opinion, okay? You ask him about candy at Halloween. Uh, he's got a he, He's got he. He's a candy aficionado. This is a reporter asking him at Halloween. I want to say this was uh, possibly this year. Uh, his opinion on uh, Halloween candy. How you hate candy corn? What's your favorite? No, Halloween not a fan corn. of candy corn. I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, well, gummy bears. Let's see. Big gummy, uh, gummy bear bears fan. For sure. Yes, but I do. And then the latest, the, the latest, you know, there's still candy innovation. Although a while back, I found the Europe had better candy than we did overall because <laughs> they have gummy everything. And then, uh, but the, um, the uh, you know, they have those nerds clusters, which is new. The gummies. Yeah, which is good. The nerds clusters is good. And then if you go chocolate, uh, probably almond joy. Love it. Hopefully you'll get some of that. I'm um, enjoy. Okay. Last but not least. Okay. Uh, Mike Leach playing some of the best clips here. Mike Leach on wedding plans and women uh, in his circle, uh, how they go crazy about planning the wedding. Listen up. Uh, the women lose their mind. Your fiance is going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Wedding planners. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind, and um, and that you, they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, uh, which of course, my answer was I don't care. <laughs> and then, uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. Uh, what should we have for dessert? I don't care. Should we seat this this way or that, that that way? I don't care. But see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. So, yeah, some of the funnier one lines of the great Mike Leach. Uh, and it's a few, even Lane Kiffin reflects. He said, uh, Lane Kiffin said, our relationship in this robbery may be God brought us uh, here so we're, so people can see, hey, you can be competitive. You can have a great robbery, but you should all love and respect each other and get along. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he beat Lane Kiffin just last year, you know. Um, also read that Mike Leach isn't eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame because he didn't win 60% of his games. He won 59.6. So should you simply just round it up? He's Mike Leach. A lot of his styles and formations have been used in the NFL. Uh, he, he's a great mind, great personality, uh, a one and only type of guy. Mike Leach, man, will be really, really uh, 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 arranged. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I like that he rearranged Bill Walsh's playbook. Yeah, he, he, he did something like that with Walsh here. Uh, he's the most winningest coach at Texas Tech. Um I think the mainly part of it was he 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 added more flavor and personality to a sport where people get really really serious and it's so business like uh, that he's the kind of guy in my opinion that it, he could have been a stand up comedian he could have had a talk show uh, he could have been a really good professor a really good history teacher uh, he's one of those type of people he what he did have a law degree he could have taught law. But you know what? He took that $3,000 a year job and he was happy, like my dad would say, as a pig in crap doing so. Um, anyways, all right. So, again, we just mentioned Pat uh, uh, Lincoln Riley. Staying with that, with that whole uh, segment there. So, Lincoln Riley here. Mike Leach didn't say that about any other player. He didn't cut a player and hire him as a coach. So he saw something special early on with Lincoln Riley, how quick he picked up the offense and his ability to communicate. Uh, that was also said about Sean McVay. Sean McVay, I noticed, memorizes, he memorized everybody's first name on his coaching staff in his 
um, uh, uh, staff of players. He was taught that. He's probably a big fan of how to win friends and influence people, uh, the ability to listen, learn people's name, learn something about that person uh, to help you be a better effective communicator. This is what Lincoln Riley is. The quarterback whispers what people call him. I'm calling him that. Shoot, the guy's got uh, – we had a uh, – who was it? We had another uh, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. It's his third. It's his third in six years. So you got to look at a situation where he's not going to and, – and, and I, I like uh, – what's his name? Williams or whatever – uh, the the uh, the quarterback there at USC, I, I do think that he will uh, get drafted and probably pretty high next year, per se, next year. Uh, but I do think that they're going to be about as good as they are this year for the next three years at USC. And I, and I think the fan base will get bored with that really quick. Uh, of course, they'll be in the playoff, you know, and get put out by one of the Southern teams. That being said, I could see Lincoln Riley, speaking of the devil, getting recruited into a situation where he can work with a quarterback in the NFL uh, and, and have a – and this guy's still under 40 years old, mind you, and still have a a, a type of uh, uh, a team, a situation he should do like a Sean McVay did or maybe a situation offered to him where he has like a veteran defensive coordinator, a Wade Phillips. Uh, a Mike Wessall type of guy at special teams, okay? Someone to help him with situational football and him basically uh, communicate with the most important position on the field, which is that quarterback position, okay? You know, he, he's had two first-round picks overall. Uh, this guy, Caleb Williams, is going to be another first-round pick. I don't know why I kept wanting to call him Ryan Williams. Thank you, Pickles. Uh, he's probably going to be another first-round top pick in the 2024 draft, in my opinion. And, you know, it makes me think about a situation like, by the way, Dicka, Mike Dicka, he had nothing to do with the defense when he when he took over for the Chicago Bears. Uh, he was a, a tight end, an offensive-minded guy. He played tight end. He took care of the offense. He kept that up with Buddy Ryan. And that great 85 Bear team, he, he kept up with the offense and let them kind of do their thing on defense. They end up going, what, 16-1 and one or something like that after they won the Super Bowl and everything of that nature. I can see a situation like that. Sean McVay, very young, 35, 36-year-old coach, goes out and hires a guy old enough to be his father, uh, older than his dad, closer to granddad, 70-something-year-old, legendary defensive-minded guy, Wade Phillips, to run the defense. So I can see as good as Lincoln Riley has been in college this level. I mean, that's just unheard of. Three Heisman Trophy winners in six years, okay? Uh, he's going to get paid a lot of money to just deal with the quarterback in the NFL and, and, and let everything else do – all thing he's got to do is get that quarterback squared away and manage that clock uh, and, and just let their defense do their thing, get as many high draft picks as you can on the defensive side. You're the whisper. You know the offensive side. You can find the bargains at the receivers and everything else, and, and you can uh, deal with the biggest position. He could be a next young Andy Reid and even a Mike Leach. Uh, saw this early on. So that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing. Uh, even if, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm looking ahead two or three years. He might get one offer this year. He's not going to be that much better. You, I mean, again, they 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 went, what, 11-2 and two or something like that. Uh, they'll get some better recruits here and there. But it's it, they're not going to be that much better, Okay. Uh, I want to say USC and UCLA, I want to say they're going to like the Big Ten or whatever. Well, they'll be fine then. Remember, he was at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going to be in the SEC. And he doesn't have a good resume against Oklahoma because he can never get those level and that depth on the defensive side of the ball. And I think we're going to continue to see that at him. 
But I do think that the number eventually, I'm saying the next three years or less, it's going to be high enough where he's going to say, okay, that's it. I'm going to try this thing in the NFL and up my profile. I like the new challenge. I like the adventure. He's got a better chance with the right situation to win a Super Bowl than a national championship, unlike anybody else, unlike a Nick Saban or somebody like that. Uh, because these, because you can go out and recruit. He just cannot get enough defensive players to win a national championship, and I don't think he ever will. But I do think that he will be intriguing for the NFL, in my opinion. Well, that says a lot, huh? Oh, one more, one more. Mike, Mike Leach uh, talks about. Uh, I'll go back to him. He, he talked about the Tiger King, and that was a really popular show docu series or whatnot during the pandemic, uh, March twenty twenty, when everybody's locked down. Uh, Clay Travis asked him about the Tiger, uh, what he liked most about the uh, the people on uh, the Tiger King. This might not play because I'm playing it directly from my podcast, but I think it will, and I'm going to try it anyways to see what happens. Certainly underestimated. Um, I think that uh, it is not a show of likable people. Uh, uh, You know, there is not a bunch of likable people on here. Uh, I like the Tigers the best. And then uh, (laughs) second best, uh, the young lady that got her arm cut off seemed to be the yeah, the woman that got her arm cut off. He said he liked the Tigers the best. Uh, talking about the underground world of uh, uh, people that have these major cat farms in their uh, tiger farms and stuff in their neighborhood, like the Tiger King. Uh, really kind of an oddball thing. But I thought that was funny. Uh, you know, just to finish up there, I saw that in my notes on Mike Leach. But, uh, yeah, so his guy, Lincoln Riley, uh We'll, we'll get a job in the next three years. Okay. Transitioning uh, to the NFL. Transitioning back to the league. Uh, Kyler Murray, speaking of Cliff Kingsbury, uh, towards ACL last night. Uh, this team is 4-9 now. Uh, they're going to have a really high draft pick. The owner last year was really irritated the way this team fell apart last year at the end of the season. I do think that the uh, Arizona Cardinals, I do think my prediction is that uh, uh, Mr. Bidwell, the owner there, I do think that he is going to, uh, Michael Bidwell, he is going to uh, fire Cliff Kingsbury. But my, my, my what I'm thinking about and what I'm pondering on, uh, him trying to sell Kyler Murray, his contract, his tour ACL, because he's so short and he relies so much on his speed, how much of a detriment is that going to be as far as bringing in the new coach of the Arizona Cardinals? And I thought about it over this this evening when I was preparing for the program, and I thought to myself, I thought, at first I thought, well, maybe, just maybe, that will pre- prevent him from firing Kingsbury. And I thought, no, once these guys make a decision, uh, I didn't think nobody was going to get fired during the pandemic year because of the money wasn't coming in, revenue. No, a lot of fires, a lot of coaches were fired during the pandemic year. Uh, I think he will fire Kingsbury, and I think he will try to go after, even coming off an ACL uh, tear from his star quarterback, his five foot ten, maybe 5'9", just between us. Uh, quarterback there, I do think he'll try to go after a, a Jim Harbaugh, somebody like that of that nature. Uh, he, he may go more of a pro-style offensive-minded head coach. He may even go back to a defensive-minded type of head coach, like the guy from uh, uh, from Cincinnati, Luke Anarinato, uh, someone like that. Uh, but it, it is something to be discussed, the fact that your star quarterback has torn his ACL. He is incredibly short. Uh, you do have some pieces on this team. I would move off DeAndre Hopkins and his contract and work with guys that are still in the rookie contract. I think they actually extended uh, Hollywood Brown. You still got some players, the Buddha Bakers of the world, young players on defense. Uh, they'll probably move off of J.J. Watt. 
but I do think that uh, that something will go down there. But I do think there will be a discussion about Murray and his injury. They can't cut Kyler Murray. Uh, I want to say his money situation. You talk about paying a guy a lot of money. Man, are they paying him a lot of money? According to Spot Track. Uh, 73 fully guaranteed with another 116 fully guaranteed to come soon, according to Spot Track. So, Kyler Murray is, um, had he not signed his uh, contract extension in July, he would have been entering a, of a fully guaranteed fifth year option at 29.7. Uh, when, when you got a guy that you're questionable with a quarterback like that, it is best just to wait it. If, if you have your uh, doubts, but you also see the potential, go ahead and sign him for that fifth-year option. But, for you know, I think what we're seeing now is, <clears throat> especially what, what happened with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, ironically, two uh, um, Lincoln-Riley guys, ironically with those two guys, you really want to hold off on, uh, signing big long-term contracts as long as you can. You know, Cleveland made the mistake of, of signing that fifth-year option and had to eat a big punt, uh, a portion of it with uh, with uh, Lincoln Riley. They didn't even have to do this this year. But he, he was making noise, Kyler Murray, about this. He was uh, uh, making noise about this and, and uh, complaining about it. Says he wasn't, but he was. And then they they gave in really quick. And in my opinion, the reason for the extension of Kingsbury was to keep him there to make him not even think about baseball. So uh, the ownership's in a bit of a pickle up there, but I do not. I think that they're totally bold. Remember, they fired. They got off Josh Rosen after one year, and I didn't think they would do that. They fired their coach. I think it was Steve Wilkes or whatever. They fired him after one year in, in Arizona. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they play this out and, and try to sell this to the new incoming coach there. But it, there's going to be some discussion about it. And hopefully, you know, Kyler's still very young. This happened here in December. He could be back before training count, you know, with the, uh, with the way the modern day – technology is and everything okay lions won i called that one carlos lions have won five out of six i was talking about uh big decisions that the, the team had to make uh a few weeks ago when they they fired their de, uh, their special teams coach and you know a lot of us seen the hard knocks of the lions we we, we looked at that and it come off as dan campbell being too much of a of a nice guy towards his assistants that he would not make that move. And when push came to shove, he did make that move. The team had a bye week come in, uh, played under potential after that bye week when they played the Dallas Cowboys only scoring six points since that bye week, they've won five of six, only losing to a really good Buffalo team. And Jerry Goff, again, is playing really good football here, folks. Um, I had to give you and, – and, and, and I'm not this big Jerry Goff fan, but I tell you what, I have to call balls and strikes on this show. If they're doing bad, i got to call them out. If they're on a roll, um, I have to uh, call them out, you know. Um, Jerry Goff, since week 10 – uh, his passer rating is 1.7.9, third passing yards, uh, 13-11, third uh, turnover, zero, tied for first, wins, fourth, tied for first since week 10. So uh, they're a bit of on a winning streak. It was a good win at the Giants. Uh, they they look, look how good Jacksonville's playing. Jacksonville's beat Baltimore and Tennessee in the last three weeks. They put 44 points, totally blew Jacksonville out of the stadium, uh, who who would have ever thought that the Detroit Lions would be this good? You know, and 
and mind you, they have the Rams' first-round pick, which is the fourth pick overall since the Rams have been bad. Uh, Seattle has Denver's, which is the second pick overall. Uh, now, again, Jared Goff's cap hit is $30 million next season. They could cut him and save twenty uh, by cutting him and potentially draft another quarterback. Or they can simply adjust his contract and save fifteen or twenty million. Uh, I think they'll probably do the latter and adjust his contract. If you ask me, uh, Jameis Williams came back. It's a first-round pick, tore his ACL for Alabama in uh, one of the playoff games. Uh, he's back. Caught a forty-yard touchdown pass Sunday against Minnesota. Actually, had him on fantasy. Uh, $4.5 million in his second game back. Got a touchdown there. Amon St. Brown setting all the receiving. I mean, just killing it at receiver. He may be one of the best. He may be the next Herman Moore up there in Detroit. Uh, you throw that offensive line there, um, top five in the entire league with Jared Goff's play there, uh, plus uh, Hawkinson there, uh, Hutchinson, excuse me, Hutchison playing like a rookie of the year candidate at the defensive end. Now, mind you, they traded TJ Hawkinson for a second round pick. So we think about April coming up. Um, as far as April's coming up, this team has four picks in the top 90. They've got uh, $25 million in cap space. That makes them 11th in the league. Uh, they should go all in on the draft and defense. They can be running the NFC North this time next year. Now, I understand that the Bears have $113 million in cap space, but the truth of the matter is it looks like Justin Fields keeps digressing, digressing as a passer uh, as the season has went along. So I'm not ready to really crown them. You look at the cap problems that the Lions have or the, the Packers have, and you see how bad and old the defense is and looks for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. This is all they're going to get out of Minnesota. Playing Kirk Cousins, that 35-plus million, all those old defensive players, uh, you need to have as experience as much joy as you can out of Minnesota because they're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. You have more of a younger, hungrier Detroit team they could be in charge of the North for the next two to three years if they play their cards right, uh, if they work the cap right, go all in on defense. They've got uh, like a Mont St. Brown, this Williams guy, uh, DJ Shark, probably won't even use him. Uh, two good running backs there, Williams, and of course they still got uh, Swift at running back on his rookie contract for another year or so. Uh, Okudas came back. He's played well in spots at corner now. Uh, Justin Jefferson got the best of him Sunday, last Sunday, over 200 yards rushing. But uh, they need to happen linebacker, other places at defensive end. But they're a team, they're just a, when, when you get it down to you're just a few pieces off on defense, uh, like my dad would say, you're cooking with gas. And, and, and not to mention, they're just two games out of the wild card spot, and they hold the tiebreaker over the Giants uh, because they beat the Giants up in New York, uh, East Rudford, uh, about three weeks ago. So I did never thought I'd be saying this about the Detroit Lions. That's the beauty of this league. Uh, you, you, uh, if you stay bad long enough, you're going to draft high enough. Eventually, you're going to get it right on players. Even the worst general managers can get it right on players if you keep getting the top five uh, picks for three because you're getting the top five in each round. You're eventually going to stumble on a, 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 a coach with a half a brain. And before you know it, hey, you're back in the playoffs. And if you're in the playoffs, you got a shot to win. Uh, they're a team to be thinking about, you know, in the future. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. The biggest thing is Jared Goff's contract. You want to adjust about a, a two-thirds of it and get it down to about 10 to 15. Give yourself about $45 million. Get every defensive prospect you can in the house there. Try to get you another cornerback there. Draft all defensive players, especially in that top 90. 
That's where I go. And then you can make your run. They can probably hold it down um, up in Detroit. Again, they go on a two- or three-year run and win that division. Who in the heck thought that would ever happen, playing in division with the Green Bay Packers with all their uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks there? This team has been a laughing stock of the league since my whole life. I mean, they've had guys like Barry Sanders and stuff every now and then make a playoff run. But they never – I have never seen them win a playoff game in my life. I've never seen them – they got to the playoffs. They got put out by New Orleans one year with Matt Stafford, and then they got put out by Dallas one year. Um, but I haven't ever seen this team win a playoff game. Maybe I did miss something, but uh, maybe they did win one with Barry Sanders in the 90s, but they didn't get very far for that matter. Yeah, and, and uh, Pickle says uh, Lions players are buying into Dan Campbell. So, and that's the constant thing that I was hearing about Dan Campbell is the guy's authentic, and I thought maybe they're just saying that he's too much of a players' coach because they went like one and six the first five games, then they made some adjustments, and now they are just clicking on all links. Their defense is playing pretty good. Golf is having a lot of time to throw, a lot of targets to throw to. It helps when you got a really good left tackle, really good right tackle. They drafted Panay Sewell really high, and the guy they had on the on uh, staff ended up beating him out, and so they put him at right tackle. But they're good everywhere on the offensive line, according to pro football focus. So that that is a um, interesting storyline to go on ahead and quite frankly, we got four games to go, and the teams in front of them aren't playing the best football uh, as far as the playoff hunt is con- considered in the NFC. Now, that's not saying much, okay? Uh, the NFC, I mean, who are you really worried about here? Uh, I mean, Dallas, Philadelphia, San Francisco, uh, you know, on a neutral site, I think they would beat Minnesota again. You know, uh, you know they're competing with Washington. Oh, they're they're competing with uh, uh, Washington. Still got to play uh, Dallas again. I want to say they still got to play Dallas. And again, they beat the Giants already. The Giants are ahead of them. So we'll, we'll see how a lot of this stuff plays out, man. It's going to be an interesting. I would kind of like to see Detroit as a fan of the league of a whole. Uh, see where they're at, you know, uh, going forward. Okay. Let's go with the Power Five. We'll end the show. Good scope, bad scope. Okay, look, uh, the Power Five, if I can find it. Okay, number five, Kansas City. Still got a dynamic offense. I felt like they got a little bit bored Sunday. And Catcher Mahomes, seemed like they were experimenting. I love that passing through the Tyreek. Uh, Tariq McKinning. You know what? They may use him more. Uh, I like this Patio guy, but McKinning seems to be having a bigger burst of speed. He's got two years with this team. He's got better hands in the flat. Uh, keep an eye out for McKinning, that running back there. Once they get closer to the playoffs, they did get a win. Um, so their their, their secondary is questionable. But mind you, they, they are going to get Miko Hartman back, and they did put 44 on uh, uh, the San Francisco defense. Everybody's saying the best defense in the world. So they're still in the Super Bowl hunt there, folks, okay? Kansas City at number five. Number four, Dallas. They can win ugly. They can win pretty. Love their pass rush. Love how they're sticking with the one-two punch running game. I know they looked a little flat early last week. It was a Super Bowl for that in-state rival team there, being Houston. Uh, but they did finish the game. They did not abandon the run. Zeke Elliott gets the game winning touchdown. Uh, they did lose Terrence Steele, uh, done for the season. But luckily for the Cowboys, Tyron Smith left tackle. He's uh, could potentially be playing this week against Jacksonville, by the way. Um <clears throat> against Jacksonville, by the way. So uh, they're 10-3. and three. Uh, They're tied for the second record in the league, but they're a wild card because 
Philadelphia is in their division. Remember, they did beat the number two seed in their own backyard, 40 to three Minnesota. So Dallas has some impressive wins. Uh, coaching is going to be a little suspect. They're, they're, they're the number one brand in the world, according to Forbes magazine. That's why they get they feel themselves. And like Mike Leach would say, the little fat girlfriends tell them how great they are. And, and sometimes they play uh, like crap and, and get uh, behind themselves. But they're playing really good football. I cannot get away uh, from saying that. I like their um, variety. Uh, Gallup, uh, a, a wide receiver. Dalton Schultz there. Uh, the lines, the two defensive lines, maybe some holes in the secondary. You can run on them, but not as much as you could before. Uh, they've tightened that run defense up. So I'm okay with putting them at number four. Number three, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's won seven of eight. Burroughs having a running game now. Jamar Chase. Uh, I like the second half adjustments on their defense. They got over a big uh, foal last week, beating Cleveland. I think they'll probably beat Tampa. Uh, the flip side of it is now Trey Henderson is hurt. Uh, they did Hayden Hurst didn't play in that last game. Tyler Boyd got hurt and T. Higgins. I don't know how injured they are. They are starting to get injured, piling up in different spots. Let's see. It's a battle of attrition. But, hey, uh, uh, man, uh, uh, Joe Burrow, the last 11 games, he is 9-2, 69% completion percentage, 8 yards in attempt, 24 touchdowns, five, inter four inter five interceptions. That's playing at a high level. That's playing at an MVP level. So I've got Cincinnati at number three. Number two, Buffalo, uh, four-game winning streak, best record in the AFC, had four sacks Sunday against um, the Jets here. Secondary, it's playing its best in weeks here. Tredavious White, Dane Jackson, I think is his name, at the other cornerback. They're starting to play really well and gel together. They've only been together a few weeks now. Greg Rossinu had two sacks. I told you he would step up. They still got some players on that defensive line. Uh, Von Miller was more of a just to beat the Kansas City Chiefs kind of guy, uh, kind of a cherry on top. Buffalo, still the favorites, by the way, to get to the uh, win the Super Bowl. They play Cincinnati uh, the day after uh, – uh, uh, New Year's Day weekend on the Monday Night Football. The winner of that game, I think, will probably be in the Super Bowl. We'll see how these two teams match up against each other. So I got them in number two. Uh, by the way, they signed Cole Bleasley out of retirement. Uh, he's passed a physical, uh, got some help at that slot receiver position. They are preparing themselves for the playoffs. Uh, Bills at number two. And, of course, number one. Jalen Hurts uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles is now minus 175 for MVP of the league. Uh, they have averaged 41 points in the last three games, blowing out the New York Giants Sunday, top five defensive line, uh, third in total offense, second total defense, by the way, uh, playing really well. Now, Lane, uh, what's his name? Lane Johnson. He is a little banged up in day-to-day -day on the offensive line. That could potentially be a major problem for Philadelphia. That's a situation to monitor. Man, they're 12-1. and one. They're kicking butt, taking names. Uh, Got to give credit where it's due. Love their receiving core there with Devontae Smith. Uh, uh, Jalen Hurts is not A.J. Brown uh, dependent. Uh, he's really developing and, and looks like the odds-on favorite again to get that MVP. Why else could you not? Uh, and plus, they signed Brett Kern. Their punters hurt uh, out of uh, Tennessee here. Thank you, Pickles. Thank you. Uh, a good knuckleball kicker there. Uh, I wish Tennessee could have kept her, but Stonebrook has got a stronger leg. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But this Eagles team uh, playing some really good football right now. Okay. Okay, good scope, bad scope. Here, come, where I was right, where I was wrong. Let's go with the good. San Francisco should run the ball pretty well, even with a and beat up on the Tampa Bay Bucks, even though they had a rookie quarterback. Well, I was right. Good scope. They ran over 200 yards, and uh, Brock Purdy made his proper audibles, 
and adjusted uh, his offense uh, fairly accurately. They get a big win, 35-7. to Bad scope, continuing to doubt what I just said. The Cincinnati Bengals. I just called off some of their recent accomplishments. I picked against them the last three games. Uh, the second half, defensive adjustments. Joe Burrow spreading the ball around. He's getting used to this new offensive line, which totally may shift over the last few weeks. Uh, again, like I said earlier, the injuries are piling up, but you simply cannot write this team off uh, for the playoffs, okay? That was a bad scope. Good scope. Preceding to prediction. Titans will win the AFC South, but with a 9-8 and eight record, they have now lost three straight in the division. However, struggling to get any traction under them, except Jacksonville, anybody else, is, the other teams are struggling, but Jacksonville still has a tough schedule. Uh, with four games that, uh, remaining, Tennessee still up two. Jacksonville has to play Dallas next week, okay? Tennessee will get another shot at Dallas, and Dino Autry will be back at some point for the Titans along with Christian Fulton, I would say. I still think Tennessee gets it done in the division, probably a one-and-done team uh, in the playoffs, in my humble opinion. Okay, bad scope. Thinking Seattle may make a playoff run and, and talk about uh, signing, uh, re-signing Geno Smith. Well, Seattle's lost three of their last four games, including a home game to a Carolina team that's in the lottery. Uh, Seattle does have Denver's pick, by the way, uh, which is the number two pick overall. And they may... Uh, mess around and draft, like I said from the very get-go, uh, a Bryce Young who had comparisons out of high school uh, to Russell Wilson, ironically. But this thing is looking like the Herschel Walker uh, trade. Uh, remember, they got two first rounds, two second rounds, and Noah Faint in that draft. Noah Faint starting to tight end, starting to come around. They got Charles Cross. I just mentioned the guy out of Mississippi State playing really good tackle position right now. Uh, uh, they've got Kenneth Walker, Noah Faint, and it looks like they're going to have the number two pick, uh, which is Denver's pick. Uh, they may be able to get the quarterback, and they may potentially bring in uh, Geno Smith as a stopgap guy, bring him back, pay him 4 or $5 million, or just keep him back as a backup and let him and Bryce Young battle it out in the uh, training camps coming up. So uh, keep it out for Seattle of how they handle this uh, offseason. Teams that are going to have an interesting offseason that I'm looking forward to. The Seattle Seahawks, because they're going to have that really high pick of Denver, plus they got their second-round pick too. Um, the, the Detroit Lions, because of the four picks they kind of have in the 90s, uh, the top 90 because of the Rams are so bad. And the Chicago Bears, because they have over $113 million in cap space, and they've also got a top five pick along with the Houston Texans who have um, – they got the number one overall pick. They don't have all that money in cap space, but they're going to be up there. Interesting stuff. Uh, uh, Pickle says, yeah, uh, Carolina mugs Seattle. Uh, Seattle should have won that game. I, I, I really thought Travis Homer would get the running game going, and I thought maybe Carolina would match it on the other side with De, uh, Devontae Foreman. Both teams got a little cute. Uh, Sam Darnold's been looking good the last few weeks. He They may keep him on. Uh, Carolina, keep an eye out for Carolina and what they do. Now, remember, they, 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 they uh, cut um, – Baker Mayfield, who's going to play again this week because it looks like that Wolford's got another a neck injury. So it looks like Seattle, is, or they're going to play Green Bay, um, or uh, the Rams are going to play Green Bay with uh, Baker Mayfield there. And uh, and no no shot at Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he is definitely not shutting it down. He's talking that game up. Um, so uh, we'll see how that plays out. We'll definitely see how all these play out here. Um, I, I think uh, Seattle's in really good shape. I, I think Detroit's in really good shape with their draft picks that they traded for. 
that Seattle trade, I'm curious to how that's going to play out in the next few years. Uh, the real Baker show up next week, Pickles. Yeah, I think so too. Will the real Baker please stand up and throw an interception? Okay, if you guys like the show, share the show again. Uh, uh, in life, if, if you're thinking about doing what you really want to do, go do it. Go do it like Mike Cleach did. Even if you're walking away from a really solid job, like a legal job, and you're paying out a lot of money in student loans, he seemed like he was really happy, even though that was a very tough, tough sacrifice here. Uh, man, rest in peace there, Mike Leach. Man, 61. Uh, uh, the guy took him too young. He's taking all my uh, really good comedians here. It must not be uh, the comedy up in heaven must be pretty dry. And the Lord want to take Barney McGurk. I uh, was also 60. Uh, I think he was going to be 60s in his 60, 61 too. Uh, my man from WABC and now Mike Leach, uh, is the 61 year old head coach from Mississippi State. Uh, thank you, Pickles. Uh, I will see you all tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll have Andre Gibson. I'll ask him about some of these questions on here. Have Andre on tomorrow. And Andre, if you're listening, I will send you the questions way ahead of time and I'll send you the link. Uh, look forward to Wednesday show. I always have a good time. Have a good one, everybody. I'll see you same place, same time here on Sports Scope.